If you'll take your Bible, please, and turn to the book of Matthew, two passages of Scripture in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 16, and then Matthew chapter number 24. I would like to uh, begin a series on Sunday morning. I don't know how long it will be. It may be a series of one, or it may be a series of two, and it may not be a series at all. But we want to talk about some things today. In your Bible, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 16. And I'm going to read four verses in chapter 16 of the book of Matthew. I wish you'd follow along there. But somebody is saying, we have a problem in America. A gun problem. The Pharisees, also with the Sadducees, came and tempted and desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Everybody's looking for a sign. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowing. Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the time. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. I was wondering when I read that, a wicked and adulterous generation. Do we have a gun problem in America or a people problem? I've got none less than 10 or 11 guns in my gun safe, and not a one of them has killed anybody lately. What is our problem in America? Is the beheading of Christians a knife problem or a people problem? Should we prohibit knives in Syria? Would that stop the beheading of innocent Christians in foreign lands? Then our problem must not be guns and knives. Is the domestic problem in America a football problem or a people problem? <laughs> you got one? <laughs> All right. 
Now, we do have a problem in America. We have a worldwide problem. We have a humanitarian problem. We were all born sinners. Is the DWI problem in America a vehicle problem? Do you think maybe if we ban vehicles, we wouldn't have somebody run over by a drunk wagon driver? Is our moral problem in America a TV or a computer problem? We have a problem in America. But the problem is not with things. Our problem is with people. And Jesus told this 2,000-year-ago mafia crowd, the Pharisees, and the sad you sees. And the reason they're sad you see because they don't believe in the resurrection. So there's no hope for anybody who does not believe in the resurrection, so they're sad you see. And to this two thousand year ago a mafia crowd, Jesus said, You're looking for a sign because you're an evil an adulterous generation. Jesus said, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Everybody's looking for a healing, a tongue, a barking like a dog, a laughing like a hyena. Because that's religion today. And that's the brand of Christianity they're looking for. They're looking for something that they can see. But I thought we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, let me show you the difference. In Matthew 16, the Pharisees and the religious crowd said, show us something. Now go to Matthew chapter 24. And in verse number 3, the Bible says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. The difference between us and that other crowd is we just want God to tell us something. That other crowd's wanting God to show them something. Because they don't believe this anyhow. I'd rather be in that crowd where that God tells us something and not shows us something. Blessed are they that believed and yet have seen not, the Bible says. You see, that, that, that show us crowd is that crowd that lives by sight. Got to see it. 
Thomas said, unless I put my hands in the scars and in the side, I will not believe. My Bible said, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now everybody is looking for a sign. Everybody is telling us when Jesus is going to come back. In fact, they've been telling us that for a long time. But here the disciples go to Jesus and notice verse 1 of chapter 24. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. If we're not careful, we'll get caught up with the buildings and not the Lord who built the buildings. If we're not careful, we'll be more interested in all the beautiful buildings than we are the wonderful and magnificent and splendor of Christ. And so the disciples are looking at one of the seventh wonders of the world, the third temple that has been constructed. Absolutely marvelous and beautiful to behold. And as Jesus left the temple area, the disciples were absolutely astounded at how beautiful everything was. Jesus thought he'd just bring them back down to earth and said, you see all this junk? There will not be one stone left upon another. Verily I say unto you, verse 2, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus spake that at about 33 A.D. 33 A.D. 70 A.D. Titus and the Roman army besieged Jerusalem and completely destroyed the temple and burnt everything that was their own. Thirty-seven or so years later, all of this transpired. So the disciples were interested in when all this was going to happen. They came to Jesus and ask him in verse number 3. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. His disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? When will the temple be destroyed? When will the stones be rolled away? When will the fires be ignited? And tell us also, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Is there anybody here today believes that Christmas is a celebration of when Jesus came the first time? Is there anybody here today believes that? Does anybody here today believe that Jesus did come the first time? 
Do you think they doubted that throughout the 4,000 years of Old Testament history? you think anybody doubted Isaiah 53? Do you think anybody doubted that Jesus would come again? Well, we sit here in our lackadaisical attitude, living a life like it's going to be forever. When the signs of his coming is everywhere. Isn't it amazing? We can tell what the weather's going to be tomorrow, but we cannot recognize the signs of the second coming of our Lord. Isn't it amazing? We meet in this beautiful building and experience the blessings of God, and still we live as if he's never going to come again. Well, I believe the signs of the times are upon us. I believe with all of my heart. And the disciples came to the Lord. And in verse number 3, he said, they said, Tell us, since you brought the subject up, tell us when you're coming again. We are interested to the nth degree about when you are coming again. We are searching and listening and feeling the signs of the time. Lord Jesus, tell us when you're coming again. The disciples are interested in him coming again. He said to them, or they said to him, you have our undivided attention. We want to be prepared, they said. Tell us what will be the signs. How can we tell that you're going to come again? We're interested. We're attentive. We're here. Tell us when it's going to come. Notice what he said. Verse 4. Watch this. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I'm in Christ, and shall deceive many. If you want to know when Jesus is coming, you'll not find it on television. If you want to find out when Jesus is coming, lock your computer up, close the door, and open your Bible. We have all kinds, if you please, of spiritual cons, men and women, about us everywhere, the airwaves, the airwaves are filled with falsehood concerning when Jesus is coming again. Those who set dates puts their brain in park and knows not that the Word of God says Jesus don't even know. The angels don't know. Paul did not know. And you put her down. Nobody knows but the God in heaven when Jesus is coming again. But you can pank on this. He is coming again. You say, if he comes, he'll mess up my plans. Good. They're probably not working anyhow. 
He is coming again. Notice the disciples themselves never tried to guess when Jesus is coming back. But at the turn of the first millennium, so many people were predicting that Christ would return that many of the farmers did not even plant crops expecting the Lord to come back. As a boy in the country in Tennessee, and boy, has it been a while since I was a boy in the country in Tennessee. In fact, I don't even think Tennessee was a state when I was a boy in the country in Tennessee. But if an unusual noise happened in the woods or in the forest, in the mountains, it was not uncommon for somebody to say, it's judgment day, the Lord is coming back. Now Fort Worth could blow up to smell the rings and everybody say, what a coincidence. Did a Muslim do that? Are you listening? I think it was about the 1500s, Martin Luther, the great preacher who began the Lutheran church, believed that Christ would return and usher in his kingdom during his lifetime. Luther wrote, we have reached the time of the white horse of the apocalypse. Referring to Revelation chapter number 6, and Revelation chapter number 6 does not just cover the tribulation period, but it covers the time from the rapture till the end. And the white horse that runs across the earth during the tribulation period is the horse of peace, straddled by the Antichrist, telling all the world, I have the answer for the world deliverer. And Martin Luther believed that it was time to saddle up the white horse and the Antichrist mounted and ran across the earth because the signs of the times was even right in the 1500s. Eighteen hundred, a man by the name of William Miller predicted that the Lord would come back all over the Northeast. They expected the Lord to be back April 3rd, 1843. And they believed it so much that millions of folk embraced it, that the Lord would be back on April 3rd, 1843. Many of them believed it so much that they went to the top of the mountains to get a head start on all the folks in the valley. Many of the folks went to the cemeteries expecting our loved ones to come out of the grave and they wanted to be there and welcome them up when they came. But April 3rd, 1843 came and the Lord didn't come as predicted. That's a terrible thing. NASA had a very intelligent engineer by the name of Edgar Wisnett. He wrote a book about the second coming of Christ and predicted the date and sold 4.3 million books to Christians that wouldn't read their Bible and wouldn't read the book. 
somehow or another he came up with the mathematical equation that Jesus would come back in 1988. Well, as you probably know by now, it didn't work. But he was not to be defeated. He came back and wrote another book about him having a mathematical error, and he would be back in 18, 1989. Jesus said, take heed. Have you heard of this? I'm going to buy a car, an expensive car, that I can't afford, and finance it. Because I'm going to heaven in the rapture, so the devil will have to pay for it. How did that work? <laughs> Remind me of you folks who bought one of them cars with a turkey on the hood. And you folks remember them cars with a turkey on the hood? I think they did it Trans Am, isn't that what they call it? How many remember Trans Am with that big turkey on the hood? Thank you, Brother Joe. God bless you. I see you. That is you, Aunt Joe. Okay. A great revelation occurred. After they made four payments, they found out the turkey wasn't on the hood. He was under the wheel. Date sitters need to buy them a car with a turkey on the hood. Because they'll find out sooner or later. Turkey's not on the hood. He's behind the wheel. Take heed. That's what Jesus said. Be careful. Don't be calm. Don't get wrapped up in a theory. Don't get wrapped up buying somebody's book. Like the alignment of the planets. Oh, they sold millions of that book. And it was a scientific fact a few years ago that all the planets in the universe were lining up. And somebody that had more sense than all the folks who bought the book had the theory that when all the planets got on one side of the earth, it was going to throw the galaxy into an eruption and that these planets would pull earth off its axis. And it was the end. I didn't buy the book. I bought a comic book. And that was just as truthful. Caused the planets align. And lo and behold, we are here. And they called me stupid back in those days. But they called me stupid before those days. And I don't know why I still haven't lost that title. They still call me stupid. <laughs> Probably because I don't read much. And they asked me, Brother Joe, how in the world is things going to be able to go on when all the planets line up on the wrong side and one side of the 
earth. And that's got to pull it off its axis and gravitation of all that. Must Preacher, you're crazy. What's going to happen when that, whole, when that happens? I said, now don't miss this. I, this is deep. Don't, don't miss this. God is going to uphold it by the word of his power. The same way he does everything else. Jesus said, be careful. The con men who tries to tell you they got it figured out. Because Jesus didn't have it figured out. The angels don't have it figured out. Bless God, I know Andrew don't have it figured out. And Sean ain't figured in a long time. And I ain't got it figured out. But I'm not so blind as I cannot see the signs that is to precede the second coming of Christ. I may not be able to tell you the weather tomorrow. I can guess it'll be hot. And I've been right now for about 60 days. <laughs> Could I please quote you a scripture? Revelation 22, 7. Listen. Behold, I come quickly. Here in your Bible, Matthew chapter 24. Please let me read for you verse 27. The Bible says, watch this. As the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, even so also the coming of the Son of Man be. I go to a graveyard, I never have to wonder which direction the head should be laying and the feet should be laying. The feet should be pointed toward the east. So that when Jesus comes up, all you have to do is just stand up and you look at him straight in the face because the lightning says comes from the east and so is Jesus. He's coming. As sure as you are sitting here today, he's coming. While you have your Bible, would you look for me at verse 30 in the same text? Verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. You're not going to vote on this one. You're not going to impeach this one. Don't make any difference if you're a Democrat or a Republican, a rhino or a rhinoceros. You're not voting on that one. Verse 42 of the same text. Watch. Therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Verse 44, 
The Bible said, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Therefore be ye also ready. Let me ask you something. Now, before I close, after a while, are you ready? Because he's coming. You say, I don't think so. That's when he said he's coming, when you don't think so. He might be here before this thing is over. Wouldn't it be something if the Rangers <laughs> missed the World Series? Just because, watch it, Sean getting backslid. He's getting angry, confrontational over here. <laughs> In your heart of hearts right now, you don't believe the Lord's coming today. Be honest with yourself and with God. Probably very few in this place even believe the Lord will be back in our lifetime. Well, that's when he said he was coming. When you think not. Man, could I please show you something about the signs of the time? Now, next week, I'll be talking to you about some signs that probably you already recognize, the regathering of Israel as a nation. Someone has said, if I ask you for one word that would prove the inspiration of the Bible, what one word would you use? Let me give it to you. Israel. Israel. Before the Lord comes back, there'll be a regathering of God's chosen people, Israel. And I'm telling you, I don't like where our government is standing on Israel. We get against Israel, we're on the wrong side of this deal. I'll talk to you about the sign of the evangelization, evangelization of Islam. How many would ever have thought that that 200 million marching army out of the east could have been Muslim. But today let's talk about the weather. What's the first sign of widespread deception? Americans are easy to con. All we have to do is put a little promise of comfort in it and we'll buy. Whether it's Christianity, religion, furniture, automobiles, it makes no difference, man. It's easy to con 
a Christian. Because we believe everything. We are living in the land of cons. The 21st century church philosophy is this. If it don't at first work, compromise. If it don't at first work, compromise. Deal with a satisfied customer and not a satisfied God. Deal with that seeking sinner and not that seeking Savior. We're living in a land and in a world and a, a nation that is being conned by false teachers, false doctrine, with false Bibles. Everything from Mormons, Jehovah's Witness, Muslims, and cults abound. Well, preacher, you ought not to call names. How would you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard of Muhammad? He says, there's a different God. His name is Islam. Jesus said, his name is Jehovah. And the fastest growing religion in the world is Islam. They call them radical Muslims. I call them Koran Muslims. Preacher, that's not politically correct. Have you seen my Greek word lately? <laughs> Cons, if you please. False teachers with false Bibles. Tom Cruise's of this world, George Lucas's, talks about Scientology, New Age movement, and secular humanism. And we sit there because we have his autograph on a napkin one time. He must be true. He's God. Dear, dear God, give me your autograph. By the way, don't miss Oprah's new program. A seven series speaking about what she believes. You know what I care what she believes? I know one thing, she don't believe in my Jesus. She don't believe in a born again experience. She does not believe in a relationship with a dying, personal, resurrected Savior, so I don't need to know what she believes, so I'll be watching Mickey Mouse Club during those sessions she'll be teaching what she believes. Liberal politicians and lawmakers who have forsaken the truth and now have gone the way of the world just to appease the masses liberal judges deceiving America, thinking that they have the power to make laws and not just to interpret laws. 
What will be the sign of our Lord coming back? Widespread deception. Sometimes if you talk to Andrew, talk to him about the person that he witnessed to yesterday. She was confused as a grasshopper sitting in the middle of the freeway with its hopper broken. She didn't know which way to jump. And what's so bad about that? About 95% of the Christians who claim a personal relationship with Christ can tell the weather, but are absolutely dumbfounded to the spiritual signs that abounds about us. Widespread deception. Well, it's time to go. I thought I'd just deceive you a little bit. Second sign. Widespread violence and warfare. Verse 6 and 7, watch this. Now, mind you, I want you to think of something. When Jesus wrote this, there was no nation against nation. It was armies against armies. Today, not so. It's nation against nations. Watch this, verse 6 and 7 of your text. For ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Have you heard anything recently, maybe just slightly, about wars anywhere? Is any rumors concerning wars? Verse 7, a nation shall rise against nation. I was watching news the other night, and the biggest fear is that Russia's planes and our planes might collide bombing different entities. But when Jesus coming back, uh, He's going to come back when society gets violent and warlike. Well, you know he couldn't come back now because there ain't no wars. Well, you know he couldn't come back because there's no rumors of wars. Well, you know he couldn't come back now because you can watch television and see absolutely no violence. I know one thing. He's coming back. And one of the signs is, is when everybody is being deceived and deceiving other people. He's coming back when you hear rumors of wars. Have you ever heard of a place called Syria? Russia, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Africa. Have you heard of that lately on the news? Give me an amen, pass out, hallelujah or something. Well, if I read the signs right, I might ought to get my house in order. Because he's coming back. 
You say, when? I don't know. But I want to be ready. Amen. I don't want to say, wait just a minute. I'd like to clean something out of my living room that you don't want to see. Don't come back tonight, Jesus. I've got to turn some TV programs off. It says, be ready. But I know one thing. We're living in a very violent society. Violence against women. I'll tell you how you can stop that. Buy your wife a gun. If I was a wife, and I am not, and it will never be, but if I was a wife, and one of you toe-headed, jug-headed, spineless, Ninnies hit me. You better not go to sleep in my house. I'd have some batting practice on your stinking head before you woke up. Violence against women. Violence against kids. 500 children under 12 years of age, was shot to death in America last year. 500 innocent kids shot. You say, well, that breaks our heart. How many did we abort? And then sell the baby parts with government-provided aid to parent, parent planthood or patient Planting too, too many P's for me to pronounce. But we're living in a violent society. Little old kids are being abused at house and home. Under disguise of discipline. Uh, most parents have no idea the difference in discipline and punishment. A penitentiary is not for discipline, it's for punishment. Penitentiary has never been to reform. The penitentiary has always been to maintain and to retain. Punishment points toward a broken law. You murdered. You're going to depend for life. Discipline does not point toward a broken law. Discipline points toward a right deed. It produces growth. Rebellion comes as a result of punishment. We're living in a very violent society. Out of bounds. Highway violence. Has anybody driven by you lately and wished you happy birthday? And they just happen to accidentally tell you how old you are. It's absolutely insane to the extent that some people go just because we forgot to turn a blinker on. They will chase you down. They will shoot at you. They will burn your house down and steal hubcaps off your truck while you're watching them. Violent. Well, I wonder where they get that. 
because they couldn't be watching it on television. They couldn't be getting it from the games they play. But I don't know where it's coming from. But if the society is going to be deceived and violent and warlike just before Jesus comes, he must be packing his bags right now. He must be standing at the door waiting for the summons of the Father to say, Son, go get my children. I've got to be quiet. I close with verse 42 and 44. And I'll take up where we left off if the Lord don't come back. Matthew 24 Verse 42 and 44, I close with this. If we're living in a society that is deceived, and if there are deceivers about us, and if we are dealing and living in a world and a society that is filtrated with violence and warfare, Recently, we've been introduced to some terms that, as a child, I could not even have pronounced or spelled. But recently, the term jihad had become well known. I dare you to watch television three nights. And if you do not hear the word terrorist or Muslim on your news, I'll buy you lunch. And if you do, you buy me a new truck. (laughs) I didn't know what those terms were when I started preaching 50 years ago. But we know what those terms are now, do we not? We now know terms like Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas, Boko Haram, who brags about killing 7,000 innocent people. Since May of 2011, we were discussing and thinking about the definition of is a few years ago. Now we got two of them is, is, or ISIS, whose oil revenues are $1 million a day. We're going to stop them with a few airplanes. We're going to make them run out of money when they control the oil reservoirs and revenues of the Middle East. We're living in a very deceived. What's the definition is? I did not have sex with that woman. 
I did not even know Benghazi had an ambassador. My emails, they were all personal. All 10 million of them. So I just decided it wouldn't hurt anybody, and I just put them on my personal server. Deception. Watch it now. When all this starts happening, we better be careful. Verse 42, I close. Watch this. Watch therefore. For you know not what hour the Lord doth come. All we know is the signs of the time. But this know that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Many of us are like the householder who's living comfortably, neglecting the signs of the time, thinking that this thing is going to go on forever. And one of these days, verse 44, therefore, be also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man coming. He's coming. Let me share a story with you. I'm done. In the days before Connecticut became a state, the colonial legislature was in session. And suddenly, while they were in session, a huge, thick, dark cloud just completely blackened the sun. And almost instantaneously, the whole world, the whole earth, was just black as that cloud. Someone shouted, it's judgment day. Let's go home and get ready. Of course, there was a Baptist deacon in the crowd and stood up and said, Brethren, it may be the day of judgment. I don't know. The Lord may come, but when he does, I want him to find me at my post doing my duty up to the very last moment. Mr. Speaker, I move that candles be brought in and that we get on with the business at hand. I don't know when he's coming, but when he comes, I want him to find me at my post, doing with the talents and the opportunities he gave me to honor and serve him when he comes. And all of God's people said, if you're not ready, you can be saved today and get ready to meet the Lord in the air. And if you are saved and not ready, you can come today and get ready.